as far as pesticide residue on produce um, and how to remove it from the produce that you buy, I've tried a mixture that I was recommended by Mike, Mike Adams, scientist, Mike Adams, which was uh, baking soda and vinegar and grape seed extract oil. And I found that worked well. I, I was able to see the pesticide little residues with the, with the fat floating on the, on the water. So I was like, okay, this makes sense. But, and then I tried doing 11.5 uh, 11, 11 alkaline water to, to get that residue off as well. And it, and it also worked. But I'm wondering, is there any other products you recommend or anything that's easy to get where people can, can that people can use or something else uh, to, to, to get that residue off of the produce? Hmm. I haven't gone down that road myself. Have either of you? Um, you no. can use salt. Salt is, a, is a, a disinfectant. So get some sea salt. That's what I clean my produce with. Um, just some powdered, the really like beach sand type of sea salt, dissolve it in water and uh, which it does pretty quickly if you get finely ground stuff and then you can wash produce in it with a little uh, scrub brush. And that, that I think is, does a pretty good job. Oh, thank you. And also of course, like organic in the first place. And um, I wanna mention also, it's, I think about this for my son, I think especially organic wheat is important because of how much glyphosate is being used on wheat products. They, they use it for a purpose called desiccation, basically spray it all over the harvest to kill it right before harvesting so that everything dies uniformly. So some of the wheat products just have the highest levels of glyphosate of any products that are tested. The kids like to eat a lot of wheat. If anyone has a kid on the white food diet. <laughs> Mary, would you like to ask a question or where are you from? Sure, I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida. I know there's different reasons to become a vegan, but my main reason was because of the destruction. I feel that it causes the earth. I've been an environmentalist my whole life. And so I understand what Pam is saying about the, that we have to do our research and we have to try to figure out whether the, what the scientists are saying is valid. And, but I mean, the other side of the coin is like the oil and gas industry knew back in the 1960s that it caused, you know, it was going to cause uh, destruction to the earth. And, and I feel like now we're in, at a place where things do need to happen fast. Um, and you have, like you're saying, there's two different people, two different sides of truth. And both sides seem to feel like they know the truth. So like, how do you get to, uh, to have people accept that or, or maybe you don't feel like climate change is happening and it's, it's happening uh, on a very fast uh, path, but it just feels like it is. And I'm not saying that Bill Gates uh, telling everybody to stop eating meat is a, is a way to go, but I, I just don't know the answer as to how to, uh, you know, there's, there's the scientists that are saying it's not real. 
you know, and, and people are, are saying, well, they're the truth speakers, you know? So like, I don't know. I, I well, just- I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and answer that for you. I think the first thing is that we've got to stop stifling debate about it. In other words, um, you know, I, it, it, you can go back and look at this. I remember when Al Gore testified in front of Congress that climate change was happening so quickly that if we didn't do what he said, in 1996 or whatever it was, Manhattan was gonna be underwater within two years. Okay, that does not help the cause, all right? That kind of stuff does not help the cause. And it's been done again and again. Back in those days, he was calling it global warming and they eventually had to drop that and call it climate change. Now, I wanna be crystal clear. We are destroying this planet and we need to do something about it. But the only way we're gonna do something about it is if we allow some open debate and right now, if you aren't on board with the party line, you don't have a voice at the table and that has to stop. So we're talking about censorship here. We're talking about getting the word out here um, about things. And, and then some of the same people who are saying that turn around and say, there's only one point of view allowed in this particular space. And you either get on board with it or you can't come to the table and talk. And that's not gonna help. I think the second thing is that we live in a country that was founded on the basis of freedom of choice. And so we're having more and more things legislated to us and the population's getting more and more restless. And I think that it would be disastrous to ignore how combustible everything is right now. And if you wanna see this country devolve into a, a, a situation where we're all gonna wish we didn't live here, Let's, let's just start dictating things to people. So I think, Mary, you made a lot of very important statements. You know, you feel like it's coming very fast. Well, we can't mandate what 350 people, million people do based on how we feel about how fast something is coming. We have to have an open debate about this. And some of the people who are resistant to having this discussion are resistant because they feel like they're not being heard. And we're just, we're just simply going to have to have open debate about it. And in terms of, of um, veganism, part of the problem is that I'm a well-known vegan. I made that choice. I'm happy that I did, all right? I did not need to become a vegan in order to be healthy. I did it for other reasons. So if you're looking for evidence in the medical literature that you have to be vegan to be healthy, well, the Okinawan women just did not get the memo. They are not vegan, all right? They consume a little bit of sake every day. They don't even have perfect diets when it comes right down to it. So we have to be very careful about how we present this, how we present things to people and make sure that we are actually putting scientific information in front of people and not just you know, giving orders to people. People in this country are not gonna let a lot more of that happen in my opinion. So I think more debate is needed. I think more public discussion is needed. Um, and I think we have, if we, if we are putting, put we collectively, we are putting forth a proposition to people that they won't buy into, the answer can't be, we know better. So if you, if we can't convince you with factual information, we're just going to by force make you do something that just cannot be the answer to how we go forward in this world, because it won't work and you'll see violent repercussions as a result of it. So I'm all for change. I recognize we have a lot of problems in this world, 
but we're not going to solve them by censorship. We're not going to solve them by refusing to engage in discussion, and we're not going to resolve them by militant uh, uh, issuing of orders to people. I don't think we're doing that. Oh, I think we are. <laughs> I think we're doing a whole lot of that. And I think that the conversation is moving. The, the federal government is overreaching in so many areas right now. And Bill, Bill, how long do you think it'll take before Bill Gates comes to the United States and decides how we're all gonna live? He's after all the world's most powerful doctor. And the media lets him, that, that, you don't hear any media criticism of Bill Gates. When's the last time you saw the things that, that uh, Stacy and I talked about with Gates? You ever seen any of that in a major media outlet talked about? Yeah, I, I have. And I agree, I did learn from you about, uh, about more information about that. So that was very interesting. And I, I do have concerns about that. And um, but before you spoke about it, I, you know, before understanding that that's what he wanted to do, um, you know, I felt like I wanted to be a vegan again, not just for the environment, but for my health and also for the animals, you know, so I'm not a vegan just because of trying to uh, do my part in making a healthier planet and books that are out have lists of like over a hundred different things we can do. It's not just that we have to, you know, or it's not just one path to help right. the environment, but I don't see people taking actions. Well, I reason, see people being used to having all this abundance in the United States and we're not, we're not doing anything. If it's, you know, we're driving our cars, we're living the lavish life that we want. And we're not gonna, we're not gonna change. Well, I think that you have to lead by example. I'm not, I'm I not do. inclined to, I'm not, I'm not talking about you, Mary. I'm talking about, I'm not inclined to give up my car while all those people fly to Davos on their private planes. I think, I think John Kerry ought to park his plane and stop flying it. And that might send a much clearer message. You know, there's a thing called lead by example. I've yeah. always tried to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, and and part of the problem is we have it's back it's the same problem with Gates that carries over to other people who are who have all these great solutions about what we're all supposed to do as long as they're not asked to do it sort of like Boris Johnson and the Friday parties draw everybody else in the country's masked up and he's partying it up with thirty five people in the room cheek to jowl having cocktails not a very good way to keep the population in line one might say and we got an awful lot of that going on around the world. So I think the decision making has got to be if we're going to change this world and I'm all for it and I'm dev devoting my life to it. I know Stacy is too. You work your butt off and you're doing it for a nonprofit, right? But if we're going to change the world, we're going to change the world by getting getting people on the same page. And we've got a lot of people who aren't on this page at all who are telling us to get on it. And I think that's part of our problem. Again, consumerism is about figuring out what people want and how you can convince them to take a particular path. It's not about, and I'm not talking about you, Mary, you're not doing that. I'm talking about where this is coming from outside of this group here. Um, Hammond, um, uh, Stacy, why don't you each take one minute to make a final closing summary comment? 
and then um, how we what's the best way to stay in touch with you? Okay, um, that's this is a fascinating discussion, and thank you, Pam, and to all the folks who commented. Um, I just wanted to say in response to Mary, you know, these are scary times, and I I really used to think that. I knew the solutions and that, you know, nonprofits had the solutions and I had to face after 30 years that I really don't know what the solutions are. I don't know more than I do know, um, but, but it is in, in um, exploration, conversation, transparency, openness, debate. Um, I think also in you know, standing up at those times we feel uncomfortable and facing it anyway and doubling down and forcing conversations wherever we're sitting, whether it's in nonprofits or medical field or corporations or whatever you do. Um, I really feel that people are looking for those points of light to find the way forward, to find the truth, to find sources of information they can trust and, and networks of connection where we can have the conversations we need to have. So I think all we can do is keep searching and keep moving ourselves forward, even when it's uncomfortable to stand up as leaders in our community and say what we believe is true. And, and, and not in a lecturing way, that is true. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> That's, that's part of what the environmental community needs to give up and transform around. I mean, there's just so many opportunities to do things differently. That's the positive side, right? We get to recreate the way we do every single thing. What an opportunity. Um, <laughs> so I, I just want to offer that bit of hope. And just thanks to everyone here for taking your time to listen, to talk about these things, and to really seek out good information. Um, and anyone can be in touch with me at usrtk.org and please sign up for our newsletter if you want to get our uh, weekly dissemination of what we're finding in our investigations and also uh, what we think is some of the most important public health reporting. Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I said something about lead by example, you know, and I think that Steve does a great job of this and we owe him a great debt of gratitude. And That's here's why I say you. this every year for a long time you have brought together a lot of people who have a lot of different opinions and points of view about things. And you basically said, listen, we have to have a, a format to do that, all right? We, we, people need to hear varying different sides of these issues. And I think that I've always learned a lot from it. I think everybody else has too. So I think that the type of discussion that we're having here where we can have frank discussion with the people asking questions and that sort of thing is very, very important. This, I'd like to see this going on 24 seven because I think humans are pretty good at solving problems when their intentions are good. And they come to the table saying, I'm interested in doing better and everybody here is interested in making things better. So I'm all for open discussion and, um, and I am and, and feeling, I feel very positive about the way things are going at this point in time. They're scary on the one hand, but sometimes, you know, in, China, in Chinese, the word for crisis and opportunity is the same. And so here we have, a, we have a food crisis coming up, right? Well, you know what I'm seeing a lot of people do? Community gardens. And, and I don't think we can solve the food supply problem with community gardens, but it's a start. It's local, number one. It's controlled locally. And it's getting people interested in the source of their food. And I think that's wonderful, you know? 
And so more of that type of activity, that's part of finding your tribe, the people who are interested in local food, who are basically saying, things are so screwed up, we might not be able to rely on all these people out there to feed us. So we'll take some responsibility for that ourselves. And I, I find all of that very encouraging. So in spite of the fact that I know sometimes it seems like you know everybody's going off in different directions and not paying attention, I think the incredible participation at this conference is evidence that people are paying attention that people with differing points of view can come together and have civil conversation with each other. Nobody picked up chairs and threw them at each other in this setting, right? So, so let's just do more of this and let's keep talking about it. And um, if you take a look at the history of humans on the planet, we've done a pretty good job of making things better and innovation over time. So let's look at that as some inspiration for the future. Mm -hmm.